0: Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Uh, Anyways, more than enough, this is the third and final part I'm really excited about tonight. I'm kind of continuing from where I left off last week. Last week I talked about how when God provides, top-notch quality is not a problem for God. When God provides, He provides with the very best quality. And the very first miracle that Jesus performed was turning water into wine at that wedding and I like what the master of that feast of that wedding said to him in John 2 verse 10. He said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You know, that's how the world works. As, as the party goes on and on, things get worse and worse. <laughs> it's better to leave early, especially if you, if you happen to get invited to, you know, a neighborhood party where there's some worldly type partying. Leave earlier than later. And give them your invite to church card. And, and um, and um you know, that, that's how the world works. In the world, everything gets worse. Everything ages. Everything gets worse over time. Things depreciate. Things age. Things rust. Things fall apart. But with Jesus, this master, this feast, with Jesus, the best is yet to come. Everything always gets better with Jesus. If you have Jesus living on the inside, you're... you're things get brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen? Amen. Things get better and better with Jesus. So quality is not a problem with God. He is more than enough. And also quantity is no problem for Jesus. I like when he fed the 5,000. You know, first he kind of tested Philip. What should we do? How are we going to feed all these people? And Philip just said, he, he just started thinking very carnally, very much from his lack mentality. Even if I had 200 denarii, $40,000. That wouldn't be enough to buy food for all these people. And besides that, the Passover is going on, and there's no way I can get food at this time at the grocery store. They're shopped out. They close early. But Andrew said, well, hey, there's five loaves and two fish here, but what are these among so many? He at least looked at what they had. He didn't quite get an A on that test, but he did better than Philip. And Jesus With him, there is more than enough. They had fragments remaining, and everyone ate to their full. With Jesus, there is always more than enough. Amen. God is the Lord who provides. Jesus is Lord. Because he is Lord, he is the Lord who provides. His provision will not run out. He is not going to run out. He is always, always, always consistent as well. So you don't need to be afraid, amen? Jesus is always going to consistently provide for you. So that's what I want to talk to you about tonight is that consistent provision. And um, I've been feeling um, for over a week now that I should share on a, a certain miracle from the Bible. I've never really shared about it before. Um, but it's, it's kind of an interesting miracle of provision and it's probably the most consistent miracle of provision found throughout the Bible. And it's such an unusual miracle that even when it happened, people didn't know how to describe it. They just said, what is that? What the heck? We don't really even say heck at our house because that's, you know, we don't even do Christian cussing words, you know. <laughs> so Fisher, he knows we're not allowed to say what the, so he just says, what the? So when, when the Israelites saw this and he's especially careful, you know, this time of year when, when his elf is watching, because the elf reports to Santa. Many of you, I, I might have offended a few religious feathers, but it's, it's okay. We do have an elf on the shelf, and he moves at night when, you know, with his Christmas magic. And, um, and um, the last few days, he hasn't moved, though, because this year, the parents of our house are extra tired running after our toddler all the time. And... We forget at 8 p.m. and just fall asleep. And he was very disappointed that the elf hasn't moved the last couple nights. So, and and, um, so, um, Jangles, the the elf, left a note. He actually moved during the day today. And he left a note for Fisher and just said, hey, sorry, dearest Fisher, as in, you know, cursive Christmas handwriting, "um, that I haven't moved the last few days. Um, Your dad actually touched me and moved me, and that's not allowed. And your dad is on the naughty list, I just want you to know. But he actually has been since 1987. <laughs> but it's not your fault. Your dad is, you know, limiting the, the Christmas magic with his naughtiness. Anyways, so he thought that was hilarious and all is well again. Well, anyways. So Fisher, he he knows right now. I can't even say heck. I just gotta say, what the? So when this miracle happened in the Bible, people didn't even know how to describe it. They just said, what the? The mena. And I, I, was, I, I was thinking about, you know, should I share this or not? And um, um, it's funny, I, I just, God will tell me what to share on, and I don't really know how to tie into a message, but he always does it. And um, last night, uh, my best friend that I've had since high school, he had an extra ticket to a Nuggets game. So I went up to Denver and watched a Nuggets game. So he had a few extra tickets, so I went with his dad and his older sister, and um. He told us, you know, the, the game was at eight, but we'd eat up on the way. And, um, you know, um, I was saying, I know his, his family, they, they like good food. They like good restaurants and stuff. And um, I just said, sure, I'll eat with you guys wherever. And, and um, they, he said, well, I think my dad is going to pick. And his dad's um, pretty well off. His dad um, picked the restaurant. And, and my friend thought he would pick this restaurant. But it was at the, the Adventist Hospital in Castle Rock is where he wanted to eat <laughs> on the way to Denver because it, and they've eaten here for years because it's just an unusual, really good restaurant that's priced really well at the Adventist Hospital in Castle Rock. And the name of this restaurant is Manna. <laughs> so I couldn't get out of preaching about Manna tonight. And um, so let's, let's go to this story. And um, the, I, I believe this is, this is a miracle of provision. And it's such an amazing miracle that it can't people couldn't even really describe it. It's a very kind of unusual type miracle. So let's look at Exodus um, 16. And one thing I love about this miracle is that it is, it is a complete miracle, and it was an extremely consistent miracle for 40 years. This manna, this miracle provision, this miracle food would come on the ground um, every morning, six days a week for 40 years. So just, just an incredible, incredible miracle. Exodus 16, we'll start in the very first verse here. Let me turn there myself. So it says here, Exodus sixteen, verse one it says, "They journeyed from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin." It's not sin; it's actually pronounced "seen." It means clay which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, "'Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full.'" For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And when I was kind of reading this, I thought of this this sign that Heather used to have in our kitchen. It's a little sign, and it says, I'm sorry about what I said when I was hungry, and it has a bite taken out of the sign. (laughs) And I think God forgave them because he knew that they were just really hungry and he could have just smote them right then, but he actually um, is gracious towards them. In verse 4, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. I love that. So they were, they were complaining, and God just kind of overlooked it in that instance. Uh, but man, uh, be careful about complaining, even when you're hungry. That's why some of you should, should try fasting and try not complaining at the same time. Complaining kind of defeats the point of fasting and worshiping God. You know, I, I heard this quote. I think it's actually pretty good. What worship is unto God, complaining is unto the devil. If you think about God inhabits the praises of his people, the devil inhabits the complaints of whoever is, is complaining too much. And um, that's that's a good word there. So So watch 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 the complaints verse 4 the lord said to moses behold i will rain bread from heaven for you there's a saying that make it rain you know you see these pictures videos of someone making it rain that they have like a 100 dollar bill like gun shooter shooting out 100 dollar bills that's the, that's what they mean by make it rain and when god said i'm going to make it rain bread like this this is pretty legit and if god says i'm going to make it rain It's going to be pretty awesome. It's going to be hard to describe. You're not going to be able to show a video of, you know, it's it's going to be a manna-type miracle. Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not, and it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. So the sixth day, they were to gather twice as much, and it's because on the seventh day, they weren't supposed to gather anything. That's why I kind of found it funny that, that you know, just out of the blue, I ate at an Adventist hospital, which they know that the, for them, the seventh day, Saturday is home. They, they go by the Old Testament law. They haven't come into the new covenant yet in terms of the day that they worship on. Um, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of good Adventist people out there, but uh, they 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 um, and manna. The restaurant is closed on Saturday, which I thought was kind of interesting. So um, I want to continue a little bit further here. God knows how to make it rain. Verse six. Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But who are we that you complain against us? Also Moses said, This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints, which you make against him. And what are we I love this. This is a great, a great statement, a great word for a lot of leaders in the body of Christ. Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. So this is something that everyone here can do tonight. Go on Google, look, at, look up Karis Christian Center, and look at all the one-star reviews of Karis Christian Center. Those complaints are not against you. They're not against me. They're not against Pastor Lawson. They're not against this church. They are complaints against the Lord. Look them up. And then what I want you to do is to leave a five-star review (laughs) because there are actual people who don't have much discernment that look at Google reviews to decide where they go to church, which probably isn't the best thing to do. But for those people who are... um, Maybe a little bit immature in their walk, and that's this big de- You know, leave, leave a nice review. Amen? But you can look at those one-star reviews. They're kind of amusing. But you'll see their complaints aren't really against us. They're against the Lord. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's a great. And I, I love that Moses didn't take that personal. You know, like I, I find, um, you know, I've known other people complain that, you know, the grace is preached too much here. Well, your complaint really isn't against Pastor Lawson or Pastor Aaron or Kairos Christian Center. It's kind of against, against the Lord and what he told Paul and what he wrote in Galatians and Romans and Ephesians and <laughs> over half the New Testament and, and a lot of the Old Testament even points to this, as Paul pointed out. The just shall live by faith. Amen? You're justified by faith. It's by his grace, not by your works, not by your performance. So your complaint's not really against the messenger. It might be against the message. Amen? What are your complaints against us? So God knows how to make it rain. He said, I'm going to make it rain, and, and it's, it's going to be wild. Why does God want to provide for us? I love, I love what he says here. Um, In verse 6, at evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. He said God is going to provide for you because he wants you to know that there is a God. There is one true God. There is one Lord. There is a God in Israel. I believe that God wants to be known. He wants people to know that, that there is a God in the USA. There is a God in Carter Springs. I believe that God wants to provide for this church so people will know that there is a God here in this city. And he has called us here. I believe that, that God wants people to know that there is a God in Boulder, Colorado, And that's why CU, I don't know why they hired this guy named Deion Sanders to be the football coach there, who said, we are going to win. God is going to take care of this team because God is on our side. We're going to win because it needs to be known that there is a God in Boulder, Colorado. The hippies, the libs, the wokes, the whatever, they need to know that there is one true God. Hallelujah! Man, God, God wants, he wants to provide for you. You know, someone once told me, this is a professor that I had, she, she quoted this quote to me. She's not much of a believer, but she quoted this, and she said, God um, will help those who help themselves. How many of you have ever heard that before? God helps those who help themselves. It's kind of an anti-grace message kind of statement. No, actually, God helps you a lot better than you can help yourself. So sometimes it's just better to give up and trust God. So one reason why God provides for you is because he wants you to know that he will take better care of you than than you can take care of yourself. His way is so much better. And I love what Moses said in verse 7. Another reason why God provides is that he wants you to see his glory. Amen? Amen. He wants us to see his glory. So God comes through. And in verse 13, it said, um, at the evening time, so it was that the quail came up at evening and covered the camp. And in the morning, the dew lay all around the camp. In Numbers, it describes what happens with, with these quail. It said there was so much quail, and the, the, the area that the quail covered was so huge, it said you could walk in any direction from the camp for an entire day, and there would still be quail there on the ground. So a, day, a day's walk is 20 miles. So you can walk 20 miles in any direction. 40, right, 40. Yeah, that'd be 40s. 40 by 40. How many square miles is that? 40 times 40 is 1,600, right? 1,600 square miles of quail. How much, is, we have farmers here. Is that... Is that a pretty big, you know, quail farm to pick up? And if they move their camp, the, that quail harvest would be there the very next day. That's, that's a lot of... How, how long would it take you to, to, to combine, if that was wheat, to combine 1,600 square miles? How, one combine, how long would that take? This is a farmer question I'm... To combine? 3,200 days to, for one person to combine that much wheat. 1,600 square miles. 16, days, the, fastest the fastest they can combine is a, is a section a day, and that's 1,600 sections. So 1,600 days? If there's no due and they just run 20, that combine runs 20 hours. So, so if, if these quail were wheat, if these, now this, this, is, good, this is good to picture, this is sometimes, it's sometimes good to do math. It would, to to it would take five to 10 years to combine that much wheat. That much area of wheat. Five to 10 years for one person to combine that, but, but these are quail. So I, don't, I think if you try to run that combine over quail, it's going to get a little messy. God, God like, man, that's, that's pretty wild, that much quail. That much quail. And not, not just one time, but every day, six days a week, six days a week. They weren't supposed to gather on the seventh day. Six six days a week. I don't know. I guess they'd fly off on the seventh day. The the quail, you want to be one of the seventh-day quail. You you want to be an Adventist quail. And if their camp moved, those quail would be there wherever they moved. That's that's pretty wild. So at evening, they they covered the entire camp. So that's that's in numbers. If you read about the quail coverage, that's in numbers. And and you can do, if you read numbers, you gotta do math. It's the math book in the Bible. So I, I we did some math tonight on the the quail coverage. In the morning, the dew lay all around the camp, and when the layer of dew lifted, this is verse fourteen. There on the surface of the wilderness was a small, round substance as fine as the f- frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What the? <laughs> <laughs> they probably saw, said that when they saw that quail, too. What is it? Mena. Um Manna Sheol. What the Sheol? And what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. And um, verse 17, then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, He who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. I love that it said they had no lack. Our God is a no lack kind of God. Whatever need you might have, you might think, well, my need is bigger than this person's need. My prayer, what I need prayer for is much bigger. It doesn't matter what your need is, how little it is, how big it is. Our God is a no-lack kind of God. Every big need, every little need, every individual need is met through the Lord who provides. He is a no-lack kind of God. The Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 26, that I have been with you and am now old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Did you ever see a person for 40 years with manna, did you ever see a single person beg for bread? Or beg for quail? If you were begging for quail, they probably would think, what are you doing? He is, open your eyes. (laughs) Woo! Hallelujah! Sometimes people come to God just begging, and he probably thinks, what are you doing? Open your eyes. Open the eyes of your heart. Look around. There is plenty. I am a no lack kind of God. Psalm 34, verse 10 says, Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Man, God spoke that to me uh, several years ago when I, I was really having a hard time finding a wife. God wants to provide for you financially. He wants to provide for you in, in your, your, your health, in your, in your mental state, with, with food, with your housing, but he wants to provide for you relationally as well. And I, I did something, you know, I glued two scriptures together. I did a little cut, copy, and paste. Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. A wife is a good thing. Wives, look at your husband and say, I am a good thing. Heather's reminding me, I am a good thing. And I I represent God's favor to you. Say that to your husband. "I, I am God's favor to you. Amen. So our God, he is a no lack kind of God. Let's look at verse 19. This is kind of interesting. So Moses said, let no one leave any of it till morning. So gather up at night, eat, till, eat as much as you need, but don't leave any of it till morning. Don't be a hoarder. Man, I saw some crazy hoarding things going on. And sometimes, sometimes believers can be some of the worst hoarders. I've, I've been to people's houses where they have five-gallon buckets, you know, because some, you know, blood moon prophecy, you know, and they're, they're just going to hoard. I'm going to go to Costco and, 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 you know, get a semi-truckload of toilet paper for when, when we're all doomed from the blood moon. <laughs> Hoarding is a symptom of fear. Hoarding is a very evident symptom of fear, not of faith. They saw the glory of God. They saw quail laid out in every direction, 20 miles in every direction. Yet they, they had so much fear, so much, so, so much disconnect from God that they didn't trust the word from God after they just saw his glory. And some people said, well, I'm going I'm to hoard some of this manna. They they failed the hoarding test. Some of you might still have way too much toilet paper down in your nuclear bunker. You failed the hoarding test of COVID-19. If you still have toilet paper that you have not used up from two or three years ago, it, it might have bred worms by now. Maybe not. You can come, come lay it on the altar this Sunday and repent <laughs> of your hoarding sin and say sorry to your fellow community. I'm sorry. I'm the one why toilet paper was out at the grocery store. I took 20 years' supply of toilet paper. If that's you, you don't have to stand up. You can, you can do it in front of the Sunday congregation. Just back up the truck. Verse 20. Now nah was saying they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, and every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted away. I mean, I remember, I remember when when um, people started hoarding and freaking out. My parents went to the grocery store, and they just got a few things. And as they were checking out, the clerk was kind of surprised, like, "Why do you just have a few apples and a you know?" 12 eggs, why don't, you, why don't you try to get 1,200 eggs, you know, eggs for every direction of eggs. You, know, you need more eggs than you need that they'll, you know, rot within a few weeks and, and the... They weren't worried. Hoarding is a symptom of fear, not of faith, amen? They were in faith. They know that God, God is gonna supply, amen? He might, he might send quail, he might send turkey in your backyard, he might send 20 deer in your backyard, some of you get all these things in your backyard all the time. You don't really need to worry about supply chain issues. God is going to provide. God is our supply. Amen. He's our source. Amen. Let's, let's skip a little bit further here. Let's look at verse 22. So it says, So it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one, and, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest. So on on the seventh day on Saturday, it's a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath of the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, boil what, what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that I So this is the one day they could take twice as much and, and and keep it till morning. Verse 24. So they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. So this is the one day. This is this is this is better than than. This is this is I, I, there's no way to scientifically explain this. This is this is just kind of an indescribable type of miracle, and is an incredibly consistent miracle. So every 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 Friday morning, they would gather up twice as much, and on Saturday, that's the one day that it wouldn't rot, that it wouldn't stink, and it was this this way every Friday for forty years. And it's because something was holy to the Lord. They said, This day is holy to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, boil what you will boil. Moses said, verse 25, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Verse 27, it said, Still some people, the hoarders went out again. You know, trying to break down the, the doors of the grocery store when they were closed. They went out. But there wasn't any there. And this is, this is what God told me about, about this. This day is a day to honor the Lord. God is incredibly consistent. He provides for us consistently. When you choose to honor the Lord with something consistently, it always leads to supernatural provision. There are a few things that I, I have consistently honored the Lord with throughout my life. From the moment I stepped out on my own when I was 18 years old, I have chosen to honor the Lord on Sundays. I I want to be at church. I'm going to honor the Lord and go to church, be a part of a local body. And um, there were times when I was in school where I thought there isn't enough time, but I I I chose to to commit to what I had honored to the Lord, and there was always enough time. You know, I could have been busy, I could have worked more, I could have... Done more, but I, I chose to honor the Lord and there was always enough money and, and, and it doesn't make sense. You know, that there are a few people who, who've chosen to honor the Lord with certain things and it just doesn't make sense, but it leads to supernatural provision. Chick-fil-A. We're going to honor the Lord on Sunday. Not peop- I'm, I'm sorry, you're going to have to find your, your manna somewhere else on Sundays order twice as much on Saturdays at Chick-fil-A, <laughs> keep it in the fridge, it'll be just as good, maybe even tastier on Sunday. You know, no no other fast food financial brainiac person would say we need to close down one day a week. They're going to say, you know, every, every, every person, every bit of equipment, every store, we need to to try to squeeze as much out of this as we can. We need to open up at 7 a.m. We need to have breakfast. We need to get people hooked on bread. We need to we need just... But they have, they, they have supernatural provision. It doesn't matter how hard they're attacked by, by, the, by the leftist, you know, woke mob. They, they, I, I've, I've never been to a Chick-fil-A that hasn't had a line of cars at it. Now, there's, there's a man here who comes to this church. He, he comes all the way from Fort Collins. He owns two Chick-fil-A's in Fort Collins. And they have to commit to, to the, the company's honoring system. You have to honor what this company is about. You, you cannot be open on Sundays. You have to honor, honor our view. You have to honor our vision. You have to honor the Lord. And you also have to honor your employees, give them a break, let them rest. And if, if they want to go to church, you need to allow them to, to do so. And, and I think, on average, each owner-operator of a Chick Fil A makes like two hundred thousand dollars a year per store. And it, it's just—it's just incredible. When you when you honor the Lord consistently, it always leads to supernatural provision. I've chosen to honor the Lord by coming to church on Sundays. I've also chosen to honor the Lord financially with the tithe. And and I mention it. I don't mention it legalistically, but I mention it because it's something that has has radically. Impacted my life. Both of these things. Going to church on Sundays and, and tithing, and, and the tithe is the first tenth. I, I have strips of paper. Every time I, I get I, I make a dollar, I, I get a paycheck, I get whatever. I, I write down in the strip of paper a tenth of it. And at the on the first day of the month, I add up all, all the numbers. And I write a check on the first of the month. And I, I've done this for for decades now. And I still have all these strips of paper. And I can tell you that when you choose to honor the Lord consistently, it always leads to supernatural provision. Every, every major breakthrough in my life, every every good thing in my life, it comes back from, from really, really, I can trace it back to those two things: honoring the Lord by coming to church consistently and honoring the Lord by, by giving a tithe consistently. And um and just just as a shepherd, I mention these things because it, it's, it's radically impacted my life in a positive way. Amen. So as, as you're, you know, getting ready for the, for the new year, kind of think about these things. I, th- those are two things I would just implore people to do in the body of Christ. All right, one more point. Is it okay if I share one more point? One more point. And I'll try to, try to make this one a little bit um, quicker. So... Um, God provides miracles that you can't even describe, and I also want to leave you with this point, this more than enough kind of point, and is that God wants to pay every debt in full, and then some. Every debt paid in full, and then some. I, I, I want to share. I really need to share this point because God told me to pray for people who have debt, and I believe that God is going to bring supernatural debt breaking breakthrough to people tonight. You know, another, another common saying, I mentioned the one that God helps people who helps themselves, and another common saying, this, is just, this isn't so much a religious one, but, but people ask, you know, do you see the glass half empty or half full? You know, if you were to ask that to God, he would say, give me that glass, you moron. <laughs> I see that glass filled up to the brim running out, overflowing. Give, and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You might just have one drop of water in that glass. But God says, give me that I see something different than you might not see. Let's look at 2 Kings 4. Every debt paid in full, and then some. And we're going to pray just for, for supernatural debt breakthrough tonight. 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. So it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her in verse 2, What shall I do for you? It's kind of a non-compassionate type response but he's a prophet he can get away with it what shall I do for you tell me what do you have in the house and she said your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil she was saying I I am in trouble here I'm in debt they're going to take my I'm a widow I'm out without a husband and now my two sons are going to be taken away as slaves my glass is completely empty and he says well what do you have What do you have in your house? And she says, I have just a jar. I have nothing. I have absolutely, the jar, the the glass is completely empty. But I just have this one little drop. I have this one little thing. It is a jar of oil. And Elisha saw something that she did not see. God sees things that you may not see. And Elisha began, because he saw things that she couldn't see. He began to call things out that she couldn't even call out herself. I love what the Bible says. In Romans four seventeen. God gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. He could see what God could see. He could see things that be not as though they were. And he began speaking. He began calling them out. Verse three, he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere. He saw something that she couldn't see. Go borrow and, and, and I believe he was excited. I believe he was shaking. I believe he was yeah. excited, because he was seeing something. He was beginning to call it. Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Don't just gather a few, and when you have come in, you shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. He's saying, like, these things are going to be, set the full ones aside and keep pouring. Verse 5, so she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons, and brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now, it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. It happened just as as the prophet had spoken, as he had seen it. Verse 7, then she came and told the man of God. She was probably super excited. And he, he was probably just like, well, I hope you got enough vessels. I made that clear, didn't it? Get, get them from everywhere. He said, "Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest, every debt paid in full, and then some. Amen. And I, I, I have believed God for supernatural breakthrough concerning debt in my life. and, and He has come through in, in supernatural ways, supernatural ways. He has paid off the debt and then some. I, I remember when, when I believed God for the first time to pay off debt, I had $30,000 in student loan debt. I didn't have a job. I didn't have, and I had a job and, you know, I had a degree, a master's degree in, in blowing hot air through a silver pipe. Talk about a, a degree that prepares you for Famine. I'm not scared of the famine, whatever. <laughs> Woo! I just do what God tells me to do, and he always provides. But I believe that within a year, I'd have that debt completely paid off. And he did it. And then I didn't stop there. I believe for some more. I believe that when I would, I would finish my doctorate after that, three years later, that I would have some more, every debt and then some. And my dad said, hey, you're you're then some, maybe you should believe for $100,000. I did. And God actually doubled that. I moved here out of of grad school to become an associate pastor with with a net worth of $200,000. And, um, man, God, I I believe that he wants to, to break, just break debts off of people. It might it might be car debt. It might be medical debt. It might be educational debt. It might be a house debt. It might be credit card debt. It, I don't care if it's good debt, bad debt, whatever. I believe that you can you can believe God. Just to supernaturally be done with it. And um, I, I want I want to pray I want to pray for everyone who wants to believe with me. I, I don't care what kind of debt. It, if you, if you want God to to just Intervene in that. It, it might be, you might you might have a thousand dollar credit card debt. You might have over a million dollar debt. I don't know what that debt is, but but um, if you have a debt that you want God to supernaturally eliminate, maybe it's a loan on your house that you think is going to take 30 years to pay off. I believe God can knock it out in four or five years. And, and, the, and then... You can figure out what that sum and then sum. You can do something else with that. You can go help someone else. Well, let, let, let's let's pray. If, if you if you want you want supernatural, just stand up. If if you want want that, I don't care what kind of debt it is. It might it might be small debt. It might be good debt, bad debt, whatever. I'm going I'm just gonna pray just that every debt, every debt, and then some. Amen. So I thank you, God, right now. I I just thank you, Lord, that you are the Lord who provides. You are truly a God of more than enough. You are truly El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, a more than enough kind of God. I just thank you that in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided on Mount Calvary. It has been provided. Every need has been met. Every debt has been paid in full. We just thank you, Lord, right now. We just just, um, honor you with our finances, Lord. We just commit these things unto you. Lord, we want to bless others with our finances. So every debt, everything that might be hindering us to, to, to giving to every good work, Lord, we just say, um, we just give this to you right now, Lord. We just believe that these these debts will be supernaturally eliminated. I just thank you that right now there there are loans. People have just stretched and bought bought. A house. They got the biggest loan they could. Um, maybe in the natural, it might take 30 years, but I just think that you're going to accelerate that debt payoff. I just think that there will be be an extreme acceleration seven times, seven times faster than than what we initially thought the, these debts would be eliminated. So, I just thank you, Lord, for supernatural debt breakthrough right now. I just think it is starting right now tonight. I just think that anointing, that debt-breaking break breaking anointing, that oil, that oil for debt breaking anointing it is hitting people's hands right now it is hitting their hearts it is hitting their finances lord and we just thank you for it in jesus name we pray amen thank you for listening to the Caris christian center podcast if you would like to receive prayer product or more information about the ministry go to Center.com or call us at 719-418-4000